welcome to Define the Relationship podcast, a podcast where we explore the relationship we have with the Bible and ourselves. I'm one of your hosts, Darlene Enstick. And I'm the other host, Ted Enstick. And as you can tell from our names, we belong together. I just defined the relationship. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to today's podcast, Define the Relationship. I'm Darlene. And I'm Ted. And today uh, we are beginning a bit of a new series, I think. Uh, Last year in our Seeds community, we spent, when we were still actually meeting together, we spent a fair bit of time um, on the theme of deconstruction. Mm -hmm. And um, we've been thinking a bit more about what does it mean um, after, not after, but as we've been sitting in this period of deconstruction, what would it be to think about reconstruction? And that's kind of led us into some some thinking about involving the larger community in that conversation about um, how we might move um, in the process of spiritual formation and development into uh, into rebuilding. So yeah, I think it's I think this is a really I mean I'm I'm super excited about this topic and we have no idea how long it's going to go for, but there is a bit of a kind of people think of deconstruction as being just another word for canceling our faith. Like, um, as we think about how we view God or how we view the Bible, um, you know, like kind of like we, there's a lot of talk these days about cancel culture where we cancel people or we cancel ideas or whatever. And sort of like we, we wipe them off the face of the earth. And I really don't think deconstruction is what that's about. Deconstruction is, is actually a part of the constructive aspect of faith is that we, we get rid of, we get rid of things that are holding us back obstacles to faith and we rethink, we reconstruct. And, uh, so we don't get rid of everything. We think about how we can get to the, to the heart of what, what is important and, and maybe rid ourselves of some of the things that hold us back or get in the way or distort true faith. Yeah. I think, um, the word deconstruction has, you know, it's a really, it can be a negative construct for some, for, for some people who see it as a negative thing, you know? And I, and I think part of maybe what you're saying too is, um, that there's something very necessary about deconstruction. In fact, all of the stages of spiritual development, there's different ways of talking about it, but, um, so you begin with construction and then, you move to deconstruction and then you move to reconstruction. And there's a sense that all of these, um, stages, if you will, are, are vital for, for our life and faith. So it, the problem maybe is if we just stay in, you know, so that earlier, 
um, part of formation in construction or as Richard War calls order, um, is there's nothing wrong with it. It uh, is the container that we build at the beginning. Um, but if we just stay there, um, there's uh, we stay at a level of immaturity mm-hmm. in, in our faith. And so then this natural kind of movement towards um, deconstruction and kind of re-looking at things and, and taking things away is is really is really necessary, even though I think it's the one, it's, it's a very dark, it's a, it can be a very dark stage, um, where things become much more uncertain and, um, there's a level of not knowing that you lean into in deconstruction. And, and I think the, one of the truths of, of, um, of the spiritual reality is that we are taught in the darkness Mm -hmm. that there's a lot of things that we learn if we're willing to kind of go through this period of deconstruction. So I wanted to say too, that, you know, we can't like push our way or push other people through the stages like, okay, you've spent enough time now here. Now you need to move here. Uh, I think I don't know. Timing is so mysterious and it's, I'm, I'm always a little bit hesitant that like, yeah, we, I think we want to move our community into, um, what it might look like to envision, um, a new order, a reorder, a reconstruction. But I also want to say that some people may not be ready for that yet because mm-hmm. we're all kind of in different places and this isn't like a push to, okay, now we're done deconstructing now, now, <laughs> right? You need to kind of move along. Yeah, I think, I think that's a good point. I think that, um, maybe a helpful way of thinking about, um, construction, of our understandings, construction of our beliefs, whenever they happen, like some of the earliest constructions of our beliefs were what was given to us or handed over to us by our parents and, and the communities that we were a part of. Like we, we came into this world with somewhat of a blank slate and then we started interacting in families and communities and we started taking on a construction of the way reality was and faith was a big part of that. And, um, I think for many people, the order that they inherited or that they that they were living out or out of became disordered for them. Like it's almost like we we sometimes use the language of well, it stopped working. Mm-hmm. But in some cases, um, our orders become disordered in the sense that we have a disorder and it holds us back and it it sometimes does damage to our spirits and and to others and. Um, the only way that we can get out of the disordered reality is to dismantle and start f- fresh or have have things reordered for us. And I wonder if a healthy way of thinking about that cycle is to even think about um, sometimes that could be a daily cycle of mm. of uh, um, you know I know there's some of the spiritual traditions some of the spiritual contemplative traditions have this, um, this 
order of the day where you wake up and you sort of you set an intention for the day and you and you move through it and at the end of the day you look back and you realize how disordered your day became like the intention kind of turned out and there were failures and you look back I wish I could do that again I wish I would have had that interaction differently and then you let go of that and you 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 go to sleep and then you start a new day and um, so these aren't a process that you go through one time and then when you come out the other end you now have a reordered sense of your yourself a sense of your relationship to others and your sense of relationship to God but that you it's probably healthy to think about the dynamic being ongoing. Mm -hmm. And it's uh, really good. I think, um, alongside that, would you say also that we're, you're not trying to avoid the, like the middle section. I've got a bunch of different metal metaphors that, that are coming mm -hmm. into my head that are messing with me, but like Brene Brown talks about like the second act, like where it gets messy and you, it's not working for you and you don't, the, there's no light at the end of the tunnel. And, and some people, when it comes to faith, I'm just reminded of a few people in our community when we've talked about children's ministry and, um, some parents that I think have some bad, like bad experiences with kind of the, what they were given and, and how it became disordered and would like to avoid their children having to experience that. Mm -hmm. um, so you, I think there's sometimes this wondering about, like, can we bypass the disorder part? Yeah, no, I mean, that's, uh, I, I mean, maybe this is one of the, the wisdoms that one learns as one goes through life, that you start to realize that how sometimes your ideals about how you want to do things differently. Um, there's something really, there's good energy around that. But sometimes we look back and we realize how the, the energy around certain ideals become disordered constructions of, of, our, of ourselves and we need to walk back from them and we need to look at them in a new way. I mean, that's part of our, I think our, we have a human capacity to think beyond where we are right now and we can think about where we want to go but we also have this innate capacity to mess things up and to disorder things that are good and, and maybe that's one of the deconstructions is that there's this thinking that you there's a right way to do it well yeah <laughs> that you can avoid <laughs> i mean isn't it a little bit ironic that we would reject the right way that was given to us because it's become disordered and now we want to move into a space where we have to figure out the right way to do it. Like, mm -hmm. um, just think about that for a bit. <laughs> That's, um, kind of that, that, uh, idea that if you're keep doing the same things over and over and expecting different results, that's the definition of insanity. And so there needs to be a, a new way of thinking about, um, what we're trying to do. And I think this is, I mean, this is one of the things that's, that's, that, that faith, uh, in particular, our Christian faith, um, gives us is the sense of humility about our, about our ways and our thinking. And, um, um, we shouldn't be so quick to try to be so certain of everything. Like we, we really reject it when others are trying to force that on us, but we have to also be careful that we don't end up, um, coming from a new certainty that's, that could be destructive to us and to others.
So what we wanted to do a little bit this morning was to throw out some... Like throw out, get rid of? No, (laughs) to throw out some ideas for conversations in the next podcast about like, so what, let's think about what reconstruction could look like. What needs, what is the movement of deconstruction to reconstruction? And we are each going to kind of do a little bit of thinking about um, areas of reconstruction. We said we'd come up with what we think are the top three areas of our faith that need reconstruction, which assumes that we would do some deconstruction in that process too. Yeah. And uh, so you top, said five so, and I said three because I, you know, I went back yeah, I know. to the preacher. So what's, of. what's the chance that we both have the exact same three? Yeah, we haven't, we haven't compared our lists and I actually have four just to be, <laughs> <laughs> That's funny because I I sort of decided that I wanted to do four too. Ah! <laughs> one is sort of yeah, so like Well I, one of mine is kind of not really uh yeah. anyway, whatever. So why don't you start? And this is um this list is to get any of our listeners kind of thinking about about what your list might be, and we really would love some feedback about um areas to focus on yeah and we're gonna bother you on instagram and facebook and maybe on email to take the question seriously and give us your top three or four or five or two whatever like we we're not big on rules so um we want to know what the areas that you feel are areas that need the work of deconstruction and moving to reconstruction okay so yeah, I I came up with four. The reason I came up with four is because I really think that how we relate to the Bible is one of the big areas where we need to think about how we can reconstruct. And then based on the facial expressions you're giving, this was something you also are thinking about. Yes. And quite obviously, we spent... All you know, of last year. Yeah, we spent 15 episodes working through those kind of questions with Pete Enns' book, which is really a book about deconstruction and reconstructing our relationship to the Bible based on how it works. And I think that's a really, I mean, that's an important thing that we need to keep doing. Um, I think we can maybe set it aside specifically going forward. Um, But I think that's a, to me, that was one of the big ones because so much of our, the construction of our faith has come from, how the Bible has been shared with us. And uh, primarily most of the constructions that we have, have felt disordered in our lives by has been because people have come to us with, uh, maybe it's a Sunday school teacher or a parent and said, well, the Bible clearly says this about this aspect of life or this aspect of faith. And um, that's a really, that's a destructive approach to the scriptures and we need to rethink and reimagine how scriptures can be uh, help us to reconstruct our faith lives mm-hmm. so we need to really reconstruct how we think about the bible that's and that's and an what it means to take the bible seriously yes yeah 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 so that check check okay so boy okay do you want me We're, to say one and yeah sure okay um, and that was actually my fourth one because I think we've spent so much time on it that, um, 
but it, it feels like it is, you, you just have to, we have to keep doing it. Yeah. Can I, can I say one other thing about that though? I mean, <sighs> I think this is like, this isn't a place where we don't want to cancel the Bible. Like there's such a, there's such a, I don't know, a temptation to just want to put it on the shelf never to open it up again and, and reject it as being of any use to us. And I believe that that's, um, that's not going to get us to a reordering of, of our faith. That's only going to, it's going to maybe help us, I mean, put us into some, some new constructions that might be just as destructive. Like, I think there's something there that we need to really hang on to. And, that may be true. I'll push back on it just a tiny bit, but we're not going to talk about it anymore because we've got a list to get through. <laughs> so you're going to push back? Well, my only pushback is that I, I, I do think it is, it has been helpful for people at times to, to put it on the shelf for a time. Um, yeah, there's a, a lot more I can say about that, but I will agree with you. Putting it on the shelf is a good idea. Putting it through the paper shredder is maybe not as helpful. If you yeah, catch I the think, difference. I think sometimes you don't know where it's going to end. That's the thing. It's, it's depending on the level of abuse that you've experienced because of the Bible how people have used the Bible, not because of the Bible, but how people have hurt you with it. It, when you, if you decide that you're putting it away, you don't even know if you're ever coming back to it. And in walking with people that have been in that place, that's something I have to entrust to God that I know that it's not, I mean, for me, it's not at all in the shredder. <laughs> mm -hmm. In fact, it's become just a, a like a greater jewel. Um, but I have to trust that in the deconstruction, this is part of the, the gut wrenching part of the deconstruction phase is that you just don't, you don't know where it's going to go. So, okay. Okay. What's your next one? Um, this, the first one I did was, um, thinking about how we, so we've deconstructed sin mm. and I thought we canceled sin. Actually. Yeah. See, I think this is one too, where it's become very difficult to, to want to talk about it. And this is a big criticism of people that say, see, you're not even comfortable talking about sin anymore. And so I would like to talk about a reconstruction of, um, you know, real responsibility and, um, of our shadow and, um, that is intimate. So the deconstructing of sin is kind of around, like the shame and separation that mm -hmm. really had to deconstruct that. Like, you know, if God is separated from us, um, when we sin and some of the associations, obviously I don't want to get into the whole deconstruction thing because like, yeah. we've been doing that, but I think I would like to talk about how we can reconstruct this, um, 
What's the, what's the reconstruct and not just a new name for the same thing and not just saying, no, we can't look at like the evil and the, like the, the shadow. So Mm. what is, what is like a, a beautiful reconstruction that isn't just about renaming the same like unhealthy thing mm-hmm. or getting rid of. Yeah. So that I, yeah, that's a huge area that I'd love to spend some time in. Yeah. I completely agree. It's getting a little spooky here cause I had, recon- had that reconstruct too. around, around sin. Um, two um, for two. Yeah. We're um, so in sync. People should realize when we do, when we do pre-marriage with couples, we, we use, a an inventory of, uh, couple issues that we have them each individually fill at surveys. And then we bring them together. And then we ask them, what do you think are the top three growth areas in your relationship? And what are the top three strength areas? And it's very interesting to see how aligned they are about stuff. So it kind of feels a little bit like that, you know, that, um, I, the sin thing I think is really important because, I believe to have, I believe to have a healthy understanding of myself and my relationship to others and to God, I need to somehow both wrestle with the fact that I'm, I'm made by God and I'm in the image of God and what God has created is good. And at the same time, I have to be able to make some sense of the ways I, I mess it up every day and um, some of that flows out of the way I'm wired. Some of that flows out of the constructions I've constructed in my life. And, and there needs to be some deconstruction, but I just, we, I just don't think we can have an authentic, an authentic life without recognizing how we mess things up. And, and reconciliation is not really possible unless there's a recognition of, of, um, things coming apart. Yeah. And so I think on individual, communal, global systemic levels, this is true. I think we, it's important for us to think about. Yeah. And if we look at our lives, sometimes we are hurt by other people's sin. Mm -hmm. It causes brokenness in us. Sometimes our own brokenness is caused by our own sin. And, um, Sometimes the world that we live in is the product of, of a sin that somehow is pervading things like, and deeply racism, sexism, all the, all the isms that are so destructive to the way our society is, is ordered. Um, yeah, we need to, we really need to somehow, I think, wrestle with it in a way that doesn't um, end up with us feeling like, well, we're just bad and we have to get it together. Otherwise God is going to smite us. Yeah. Yeah. That's a big one. I, um, yeah. Um, so is it your turn or my turn? Well, I think maybe like I could, you could do one and I could do one and then you would see if it's the same or not. Okay. You go kind of like what we do in pre-marriage. Um, I think, uh, the next one I want to talk about is, um, I think this connects around the sin and evil thing, but about, about judgment. And I'm, (laughs) (laughs) 
Got it, too. That facial expression says that you had the same thing. Three it's for like, three. Maybe we shouldn't have like talked a couple of days ago about, about this topic, and then we've... we've well, no. Some, yeah. Anyway. No, anyway. Um, yeah, like, I feel like I think people internalize judgment a lot in their lives, and so dealing with judgment as a... I don't know. What, what is it? It's a, it's a thing... It's a thing that talks to us and says that, you know, well, you, you're doing it wrong or you're wrong or whatever. But I, I feel like we need to talk a little bit about the future final judgment kind of conversations around faith because a lot of the... Like heaven and hell? Yeah, heaven and hell and like a lot of the narratives that we got growing up and I think they continue to have residue with us is if we don't get it right, um, in the end, we're in trouble. You know, and we want to go to a good place when we die. We do not want to go to the bad place. And um, I think we need to wrestle a little bit with that end piece. And I think it'll have some impact on how we view our present and how we relate to things. So, um, yeah, I think that's a big one. I I feel like that one um, in the last couple of years has become more important because I think it's one of the um, if you see this issue in a certain way, it really impacts everything else that you you see in faith. Mm-hmm. I think this is partly why people want to cancel faith out because they feel like this is the this is the end point. You know, this time when everybody's going to be separated, the good and the bad, and who who should that be? And yeah. you know, and um, I think at a visceral level for people, it's just it's, it's offensive. It's like, um, I often, it becomes really real to me when I'm in a food court in a mall. Remember back those days when we used to go to a mall and actually be in a food court with hundreds of people. And I would just look around and I'd see people of different colors and different backgrounds and obviously different faiths and different understandings. And it just kind of hit me how offensive it is to think about that some of these people would find themselves in the bad place and some of us would be lucky enough to be in the good place. It just, it's just not, did not, it was just a cognitive dissonance that I feel. And I kind of have that, I don't know if you've ever had that experience. And I just think like, there's got to be a different way of understanding this. This does not, does not compute. So I really think we need to spend some time thinking about that. I don't think I have anything more to add. No. You summarized that well. The the only thing that I um like I thought about in terms of deconstruction to reconstruction in judgment is um the image of fire. Um yeah. and the 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 reimagination of the beauty of fire Hmm. and thinking about that in terms of judgment. Hmm. So, which is a little easier to think about when it's minus 25 Celsius outside and we're in the house near a fire, Mm -hmm. the positive aspects of fire, a lot Mm -hmm. easier to embrace and positive, but also uncomfortable. Like, Mm -hmm. It's not, I, I feel like I want to emphasize that the reconstruction isn't about removing everything uncomfortable and just making it more palatable. 
but um, redemptive. Mm-hmm. So, like so we were talking to somebody the other day, and about you know going through some difficult, some of their difficult um, experiences in life, and this person was saying, "I'm just trying to like let, like let." myself stay in the fire of it, you know, not try to escape it, Mm. um, and let it kind of refine me and change me and, Mm. um, allow the transformation process that fire really does. Like if you look at pottery, you know, the, the firing process is just so important. Mm. And I think that that is, I, I wonder about the the vision of that for judgment in terms of um, really bringing the only way that we are brought together is by being fired, like mm. put in the fire. And mm. so anyway, we're not uh, yeah, exploring that's... that fully, but I think that's kind of one of the areas that I was thinking about. Okay. What's your last one? Um, my last one is deconstructing, deconstructing maleness. Mm. Um, in, so God is male, um, and yeah, all the things that come with that. Mm. I, uh, we've been practicing, um, centering prayer and for, I'll just tell this quick little story. Just, just explain what centering prayer is in like one sentence. Yeah. So just it's a prayer that is silent essentially. And you um, are invited to have like one sacred word that you keep coming back to. And that word is just a representation of um, consenting to the presence of God and act and to the action of God. Mm-hmm. within you. Um, and so it's not like praying about things. It's just like kind of a quieting prayer. Anyway, we've been coming back to this practice that we kind of have come in and been in and out of throughout the years. But my sacred word from years ago was Yahweh. And I love mm-hmm. that word. And I have an image of it from Scott, the painter has a like, uh, lungs, like it's a breath prayer. And I remember Mm. being in New Mexico at this conference and Richard Rohr did this like prayer, like there, when you breathe in, it's like the, yeah. And then when you breathe out, it's like the way. Mm. And so that has been like, just a very kind of, I just always return to that sacred word. It's been my biggest one. Mm. And in the last, um, month or two, I've had a gentle kind of invitation to a new word Hmm. and it's, um, um, I, I don't even, I, I can't even explain all the aspects to you. It involves a painting by Rochelle, um, that is over on our mantle Mm -hmm. and a, um, and a wondering one morning about what is the, we talk about Abba father mm-hmm. and what is the Hebrew word for mother. Mm. And so then I went and looked it up and like listened to the name of it. And, and the Hebrew word for mother is Ima. And I, 
kind of felt an invitation to a new sacred word. Hmm. But every time for the first while, it just felt uncomfortable. Like, hmm. like it just unfamiliar mm-hmm. and just, I didn't know. And I kept wanting to go back to Yahweh cause like Yahweh is, feels so familiar to me. And, and then I got frustrated cause I kept going back and forth in this time where I'm supposed to be like <laughs> centering, centering and quiet and whatever. And I just, this week have recognized that it's starting to feel more like I'm settling in Hmm. to it and and Yahweh's still beautiful and father is still beautiful. And, you know, all these names for God, it's not again about canceling. It's about like expanding Hmm. and the reason why we need very specifically to deconstruct some of the male images is because it's purchase. It's, it's, it's been part of what has contributed to a patriarchal system and also a very narrow view of God. And God is obviously not a man. Um, so, I just want to think, um, more corporately, I guess, with our community about reconstructing maleness Mm -hmm. in God. Hmm. That's interesting. Did you have that one? Not, not in that way. No, but I think it definitely connects with which like my number one deconstruction reconstruction theme was around how we think of God. Mm. So I think what you said is really, really fits well into that conversation. Like how we think about God is a really, it's a long conversation. It's a, it's a many episode conversation because there's so many aspects of God that need thinking about and rethinking about. And um, I think it, it kind of is the umbrella conversation around deconstructing faith and reconstructing because um, it all goes back to to how we see God, who God is and how God operates in our life. And if we feel like God is a, a masculine tyrant who is angry and ticked off at the mistakes, the sin that we, that we, the sinfulness of us and that, that, tyrant is going to punish us if we don't do better. That really has a huge impact on how we see ourselves and how we live and interact with others. And, um, so that's a, I mean, or even if we see God as a, as a male, a good male, yeah, a loving male. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's one, it's, you know, it's one, it's one picture. Yeah. I was going to, I was going to just pick up on one thing that you said and just, and just respond with really, like you said, like God is obviously not a man, you said. Um, and I was going to say like, well, that's, I, I mean, I totally agree with you. I agree with you, but I 
don't think that's necessarily a consensus viewpoint in theological understanding. And um, I, I believe that, you know, it's important to recognize that that's a perspective that's very different than what's been given to a lot of people and what people continue to think is the reality of God. And so, um, you know, I, so I, I just wanted to say that like, this is not a conversation that everybody's going to be, you know, linking arms and singing Kumbaya about these, because for some people, these conversations are super threatening mm. and, um, their view of God is very different. Like, um, I think of the, the Calvinist reformed understanding of God, and it's very a male understanding of God. And if something happens like bad things to good people, well, that's a good thing. It's good because God caused it. And if God caused it, then it's a good thing. Even if it doesn't get experienced by us as good, like that's a kind of, like, it's just like when dad says, this is the way it's going to be. It's just the way it's going to be. And then if as a child you say, but, but why dad, like, help me understand. No, just, just do it. Don't, don't ask why, just do it. It's that kind of, and that's not a, that's not a foreign perspective that we've had around God, that God is sort of like the dictator. God might be benevolent, a benevolent dictator, but God is nonetheless the dictator, mm -hmm. you know? And so, yeah. And um, I so, recognize, yeah. even though I say, obviously yeah. I recognize yeah. that <laughs> maybe more obviously the reason why there's a deconstruction is because <laughs> a lot of this is a firm belief yes. this, that was given yeah. and yeah. it's yeah. started to be feel disordered for many people. Yeah. Not started. Yeah. And it's, it's been disordered for a long time. I think it says a little bit about the, you've been on a deconstruction journey for many, 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 many years. And so this is not something new for youth to think about God in more expansive ways. Right. And again, it's not, it's not replacing, it's not about replacing. So the then God's a woman. It's like, this is, that's totally misses. This yeah. is the point for yeah. me. It's not, no, yeah. God is not a woman. God is not a man. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm super excited about this conversation. I, I'd be even more excited if I would hear from a dozen of our listeners about what are the, you know, what are your top three and, uh, are you resonating with the things that rise to the top for us? Um, or there's some other things you want to deconstruct, reconstruct. I think it's so easy for us to, to, uh, like, I'm just noticing in our conversation, how easy it is to stay in the deconstruct place and how it's, it feels harder to re to like do the reconstruction hmm. yeah. part. Cause yeah. we want to talk about all the, the ways that, I don't know, you know, it's easier to complain about the ways, the things that don't resonate and it's yeah. like, okay, well how, like, let's spend some time like dreaming of, um, where God, um, the spirit is kind of forming a new picture. Mm-hmm. 
And yeah, I think that's hard in some ways because it's foreign, just like I was saying about like settling into the, the Ima word is less about the word, but it's like settle into something that I haven't, I haven't nurtured a lot Mm -hmm. in my life. Yeah. And given permission to like, to nurture it and even to feel uncomfortable in it. Like, ah, it just doesn't feel quite right yet. Yeah. I feel, I feel like as we move through different, um, uh, aspects of our faith that we want to wrestle with, um, it, it, I think we'll have lots of conversations about how to think about what deconstruction is and what deconstruction isn't and how mm. that fits. Like, it just feels like they're so, um, like this is where the whole biblical concept of deconstructing the Bible is so important because the Bible is a rich resource of deconstruction. Like there mm-hmm. is so much deconstructing language in the Bible that would help us and free us mm-hmm. to, to do this. I mean, part of, um, like, like, like I think you're, what you're saying about, um, feeling comfortable, comfortable is not the right word, but feeling safe in thinking about things in different ways. I mean, it's one thing to conceptualize in our brains different ways, but to internalize them and live them out is like, get it into our body and our, and our souls is Mm -hmm. way different. And so, um, one of the, one of the dynamics of this is that we might have deconstructed conceptually 25 years ago, and yet we continue to fall back into patterns Mm-hmm. that um are from a different construction. Well, yeah, as you're talking it it even makes me think of like intimacy, like like again back to the centering this prayer experience, I think um when we're more familiar with something it feels closer. It's like it's it's like a blanket, mm-hmm. you know. And letting a, one blanket go well, especially because the blanket's not warming you anymore, <laughs> but, uh, to come close to some new things and let, let that connection grow. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's been an interesting experience. Okay. Well, so let's bring that, bring this episode to a close. Just want to remind you, let's call it hashtag reconstruct. Let's hashtag reconstruct and let's hear from you. What, um, what needs reconstruction or what's your experience in reconstruction? What are you reconstructing? Yeah. And, uh, you know, if, uh, you might actually get the chance of, uh, we, we might bring you onto the podcast and have a conversation with some of you when that becomes possible. So thanks for, thanks for staying with us. And, um, I hope that you're as excited about this process that we're going to be on this year. And um, we will see you next time. Thanks for joining us. Thanks. Take care.